Welcome to Sophisticated Property Investing, a podcast brought to you by Ethical Property Partners, the experts in sophisticated property investment. Hi there, ladies and gents, and welcome to this, your next episode of the Sophisticated Property Investing podcast. And I'm delighted to introduce for the very first time to the EPP podcast, my dad, Frank Flegg Sr. Welcome to the podcast, dad. Nice to be here. Nice to see you. Or to hear us at least. (laughs) We might do a YouTube video at some point so you can actually see what my dad looks like. But the reason I've invited my dad on today is because I have to admit he's one of the happiest people I know. How old are you now, dad? 65. He's 65 years old. Pretty fit. Uh, for a 65 year old in my opinion cycles swims in the sea runs most days and it's his choices in my opinion his big life choices that have made the I think this is just my impression my, my perspective the biggest impact on his happiness and we talk a lot on the podcast about why do we do stuff you know why do we do property deals well to make money why do we make money well to have life experiences to have material possessions well why do we want life experiences why do we want material stuff well to be happier it all boils down to being happy and my dad in my opinion has shortcut that in a minute i'm going to hand over to my dad and i'm going to ask him to give me like uh, i'm going to ask you dad to give us a bit of a chronology of what you think those life decisions have been but just to set the scene i am here in bulgaria one of my dad's life decisions was to emigrate here just over four years ago. We're sat on the balcony of this beautiful hotel overlooking some parks. You can probably hear kids playing in the background. You can see the sea and the beach. It's absolutely stunning. We're recording this late October, mid-October, and it's about, what, 20 degrees, Dad? 24 today. 24 degrees, stunning sunshine. Lovely setting, lovely place to live. Very happy dad. How have you got there, dad? Well, it's just living within your limits. I had big selling jobs, earning lots of commission at one stage, but uh, it wasn't for me. I could not ever see myself being up to that uh, grind, week in, week out, working seven days a week. And although the money was super, you still spend more money. That's the problem. Um, So I found work with social services, which, which was very low paid. But thought wow I've never seen anything like this I really enjoy this and as work is such a huge part of your life you've got to do something that you like listen to people say oh, I wish I'd changed my job or I wish I could have changed my job you've got to go in every day uh, okay not weekends but some people work weekends as well you've got to go in every day and if the night before you're thinking oh work tomorrow work tomorrow and then I'm sorry, but that that just didn't suit me. And and it suits other people. If the money is the compensation, then fair enough. But, you know, you've got to look after yourself. You've got to have time to look after yourself, keep healthy and fit. And I see so many people that think they're winning, but they're not. It's uh, Frank. Frank's a case in point. He he tries to get that work-life balance. And that is so important. You've got to spend time on your health. You've got to spend time with family and friends. um, And just take it easy live with within your limits so you mentioned they're working for social services dad so my earliest memory one of my earliest memories is stepping out of our front door in i want to say it was may blossom is that the house name in coxheath yeah so yeah. that's in uh, kent 
uh, just outside Maidstone. And I think I would have been five years old then, four, four and a bit, five years old, something like that. And I can remember you, I think at that time, were selling double glazing or houses. You're either an estate agent or a double glazing salesman, I can't remember. And I imagine that's the time you were working seven days a week. Mum was a teacher, PE teacher, wasn't she, yeah. full-time. So you were both working really hard. If I was five, then uh, my sisters would have been three and one you had bought that house pretty early so if i was five you were what 28 29 yeah and you made a massive decision then when i was five to move to wales what what was the motivation behind that some people are averse to mortgages i i I found that i i didn't want a big mortgage And, and at the time people were saying oh get bigger mortgage get you know get as much as you can and that was the done thing. Uh, um, when I said I'm moving to Wales to get rid of the mortgage, my own brother said, no, that's a wrong decision. My father-in-law said it's a wrong decision. But I moved to Wales because it felt right. I felt happy with it that if I couldn't get great employment there, at least I haven't got a mortgage. And the thing is, after I'd moved, that's when the interest rates went up to 15%. And I knew couples and families that we'd go out with them and their kids and come for dinner and that, that split up because of the pressure of the... Uh, financial situation it, it, it wasn't right and it wasn't fair because it was something that just hadn't happened before I felt sorry for him but at the time I just wanted to protect myself and my family's interests by going somewhere beautiful a couple of acres for the kids to run around in have a pony have the chickens have the ducks it just felt right I, you know I can't put my finger on on why um you know but it worked uh, I, I believe it worked anyway and so to time stamp that if i was five i was born in 82 so that was 1987 something like that and my recollection but you'll probably know better is we moved from a two-bedroom bungalow or three-bedroom bungalow three-bedroom three detached or semi detached but not by much yeah by by foot so a three barely three-bedroom detached bungalow garden what half the size of a tennis court it wasn't big yeah, was it, was it? Big, yeah. in a little estate to west wales just north of carmarthen if anyone knows west wales and that would have been two acres we had uh, it was a two-bedroom bungalow as well wasn't it that you yeah. then converted into a four-bedroom house the key was the um land wasn't it you know two acres and i was telling my kids we've been to a little zoo here in burgas so we're on the black sea coast of bulgaria so we're as basically as far east as you can get if those of you that have heard of sunny beach we're probably an hour or, or two south of sunny beach and uh, burgas is what the second largest city in the fourth. fourth fourth largest city in bulgaria and uh, we've been to this little zoo today and it was so funny it hadn't come back to me in years but there were these little um there were little rabbits and i said to the kids oh we used to breed rabbits and eat rabbits you remember that dad um and then there were some goats and i said oh we used to have goats we used to bottle feed the little kids that we had and then um there were some pigs and i said oh we had pigs as well we had pretty much everything on our little small holding at some point little pony and so dad from your perspective because this is the thing i haven't done that i haven't when you said you wanted to get rid of your mortgage i've got millions of pounds on mortgages like i couldn't be further from getting rid of my mortgage and you were mortgage free then at yeah 28 29 i'm 40 and i've probably got more mortgages now more money on on the owed to others than i've ever had but i appreciate that's a different strategy but for you and it might be hard to remember but what were you earning a month you know take home what were you spending a month when you were in kent and then what did that 
change to? I'm really interested in that because like you say, Dad, most people don't even consider it. Now, ironically, in lockdown and during the pandemic, I think a lot of people did, you know, it broke that cycle of the rat race and people did consider it. But I don't think many people will have considered changing as drastically as you did so can you put some numbers on it for us well i think we're both doing well Uh, teachers wages were good um and my selling i I could do it i was commission only um it's not for everybody and you have to be able to do it otherwise you you don't get any money that's right um but i could do it and and i did very well and i became a a a team manager and i was getting a commission off the men's commissions but i used to train them and show me how to do it and I'd get all the leads coming into the uh, double glazing business to sell so yeah I was doing very very well but again it's just something you, you wake up to and you say I, I don't want to do this much longer you know it, it's like I suppose it's it's like the uh, American way you know just keep push push pushing and more you know you, you've got to sell more this week you've got to sell more and your team's got to do more this week you know and um, you get fed up with it after a while and yeah I, I, I was working seven days a week I wouldn't say I was doing seven full days although some some weeks uh, I fell asleep in one house doing a sale um, <laughs> what, in front of the customer well yeah I was so, so tired um, because <laughs> put you to bed. <laughs> That's funny. But um, yeah, it's just you know you, you again you know I didn't want to turn around one day and say oh I've missed all those years all that sweat and grind. Uh, you know I don't mind working hard. It's it's not that. It's it's doing something that you you're comfortable with. Um, and I found it with social services working with uh, adults with learning disabilities for ten years, and then twelve years with uh, kids in foster care. And um, yeah, some of it was horrible. Uh, some aspects of it was horrible. You know, uh, taking kids to see their uh, drug addict parents. Uh, you know, and these people. You know, you just wonder how they've got like that. You know, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not judging. Um, but it, 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 the rest of the job was was great. I loved it. But it was just the money was very low. But hey, if you kept, if you cut your um, outgoings, you know you can live on that reduced money. So from the perspective of um, cost of living, what did you get all the way down to? Like how many hours a week were you working? How many hours a week do you reckon Mum was working? What were you doing? You said you were working for social services. What do you reckon you were living on as a as a figure? Now, given this is late eighties, that's a, that's a hard question. It's it's like I'll say one thing: you take a mortgage out, you know, you take you take that away. Obviously, we grew a lot of food because I did the vegetable garden. Yeah, I remember garden the vegetable there. garden. Yeah, we had two cars. We had to because all the clubs that you and your sisters used to attend, you know, we had to have two cars. <laughs> two old bangers they were, but um, you know, um, I don't know, I, I, you know. I've always cooked uh, from uh, scratch, so I've always done the cooking. So, you know, if you cook for yourself, if you don't keep buying uh, ready meals or, you know, takeaways and eating out, um, that reduces your costs greatly, you know, if you can make a piece of meat. I'm I'm not saying scrimping here. I'm saying that that's what I did, you know, Mm. not to save money, but to have good food. And and obviously you get the bonus then of not being expensive. and I like cooking, so why wouldn't I? Mm. And, and that cuts out a huge cost. You know, uh, going out to eat is 
very expensive in Britain, very expensive. So I've got a few memories around money. One was, this will make you laugh. So we, when Dad says we had some old bangers, we really did have some bangers. I can remember going around the corner of the High Mead Arms. Do you remember that in Clannabother? And uh, all of a sudden there was this grinding noise and the wheel had fallen off the car and overtook the car. Do you remember that? <laughs> this wheel rolled down the road and there were all sparks flying where the wheel had come off because we had one of uh, Dad's clients in the car. That's one of my um, memories. Another memory is we, uh, <laughs> we, we went to a supermarket and I remember we must have like just been used to not not having like i think of my kids now and in comparison oh my goodness uh, they are spoiled rotten and um, but i remember you and mum saying right you can all pick a packet of sweets and we can have like our, a packet of sweets so it was like a supermarket's um sweep it was really exciting and i tell you the once a year that was really exciting was your parents used to pay for our hamper can you remember that mm-hmm. and we used to go around the supermarket and be able to pick whatever we wanted for the hamper but yeah we were certainly frugal I think would be the word someone asked me recently did I go on holiday overseas as a kid and I could remember two holidays as like kids we went to Cayela which was just north of Barcelona I think on the Spanish coast Costa Brava I want to say and then we went to Romania skiing didn't we those are the two overseas holidays that I can remember and Bulgaria skiing yeah I think I was 17 then yeah Yeah, so I think I might have been just before my gap year yeah so yeah three three overseas holidays pretty pretty uh budget ones so that's one big change so mum went to part-time she was supply wasn't she and did gym clubs and yeah she 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 struggled because at the time there was a a huge um uh, pro welsh uh, being taught uh bear in mind you three kids uh, spoke fluent welsh because you went to a welsh school <laughs> for those of you that don't know i speak welsh still um which is fascinating because <laughs> i do travel quite a lot but i can honestly say i don't use my welsh that <laughs> so yeah your mother uh, your mother um, not struggled because she's a very good teacher but she was sort of always second in the queue to a welsh speaking teacher even though she was a better teacher than most she was also uh, an international gymnast so they should have snapped her up in some of the schools she could she got some great jobs in the end because they got to know her but it wasn't fair on her because she was so good so good a teacher i wanted to say about the holidays I didn't go abroad until I was in my 20s. That was my first holiday abroad. And then, you know, you've then, like you say, you've had uh, three uh, with us. You want things to get better. If you, if you think of my dad, he was a street urchin in London, you know, and he worked hard and him and mum worked hard and they bettered themselves, got a house in the end, they got their own house in the countryside. And then we've moved on. Me and my brothers and my sister have moved that step up and now you've moved up you know bearing in mind uh, we all want to be happy you know it's not just material Uh, I've got a brother that's not happy and he's a millionaire Um, there we are you know you've got to make your own decisions in that department and money you need money but it's not everything you know I think happiness is is everything how many hours a week did you so we were in Wales for what 17 years is that right? So I left Wales. No, I left before then. So if I got there at five and I left about 18, so I was there for 13 odd years. How many years were you in Wales for? We were in the village for uh, 18 years in the village. 18 years you were yeah. there, were you? Yeah, because yeah. you stayed quite a lot longer while I was at uni and stuff, yeah. right? Yeah, and then I went out to Cardigan then, didn't I? Ah, so you spent longer there then. Yeah, I remember. So how many hours a week did you work 
while you were in Wales? Just on when you first got there, did it go up? Did it stay pretty constant? Well, it's the nature of the job. You don't you don't have regular hours. So in school holidays, when when I was working with the kids in care, you did long hours because uh, three days a week we would take them out on trips. Uh, the county would pay for social services would pay for them to go out they were with carers gives the carers a bit of a break in summer holidays and Christmas holidays and that so we'd take them out so I passed the test for the minibus and I would, I would drive I'd have some staff in there and it, the rest would be kids having a day on the beach or going to a, a fun park or something you know so those those days where I used to have to drive uh, at least an hour to pick up the bus and then I'd be driving for another three hours picking the kids up on the way then do the day out and then do the reverse journey it, it, that's a long day very tiring but great fun so in the summer a lot of hours but then school term less depending on how many how many hours I wanted I was in such a good position there that social services knew um, who I was what I, what I was capable of and bearing in mind most uh, social services jobs are for women um, and I, I'm, not, I'm not being sexist with that but a, a lot of caring jobs only women do it so when they have a bloke to do it you get given so much work because there's situations you imagine it uh, you wouldn't want a, a, a young lady going to a drug drug uh, uh, abusers uh, houses you know so being a bloke I would get offered a lot more jobs you know maybe some of the more difficult jobs but um, it's not a problem when you're a bloke but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to put a woman in some of those situations that I went in and that's not being sexist that's being practical that's being <laughs> safe yeah so yeah lots uh, but I was never, you could never have said I averaged 40 hours a week over the year, no way, I, I didn't want 40 hours a week. Yes, I would do well over 40 in the summer holidays, but the rest of the time, because I, I liked me gardening, I had an allotment in the end as well as the garden, um, I liked me cycling, me running, um, I used to play sport, tug of war, I did rugby at one stage as well, played football, so yeah, I wanted time for that, and also time for the kids, that, that's very important, you know. There was a stage where I'd be out at the, before the kids woke up, um, and then back when it be, after they'd been to bed. But it, it wasn't for long because that's that's not what I want. But a lot of, a lot of people have to do that if they're com- commuting a long way and they do a long day. You know, they hardly see the kids. So yeah, that that was my choices. And um, like I say, me hours uh, were nowhere near full time. Another car. Um memory just popped up so i remember we had a larder estate larder reaver estate i think i think i mentioned this on my hadrian's wall podcast because i thought of it then but i can remember once because you used to manage our football team didn't you under 11s under under nines under 11s under 10s something like that uh for a few years and um we had the changing rooms were like in this pub funnily enough the same pub that the wheel fell off the other car in outside and um you managed to get the entire football team up to the pitch do you remember that all 11 kids in this larder all hanging out the windows it wasn't only that the mud flaps at the back were dragging on the floor <laughs> where they the mud flaps are touching the floor oh that's funny but that that car with the wheel off it i only just remembered it but it wasn't just it wasn't the nuts undone on the wheel the whole hub and wheel came off <laughs> Just an axle there, <laughs> grinding. The ground, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Fond memories. So, at what age did you get to the point? So, you were working, as you say, leaving before we got up, getting back after we got back. 
when we were in England, you got to Wales. At what age did you no longer have to work? At what age was working optional for you? I stopped working um, at 57, so I was a few weeks before my 58th birthday, so I've been retired that long now. It's very difficult, um, and I know a lot of people will struggle with this as they get older. When do you say enough's enough? You know, when do you say, um, I don't want to work anymore? Now, my eldest brother, Steve, he's... Um, 70 next month he doesn't want to give up work he doesn't want to stop he moaned about his work last time i saw him over here um but he's got such a lavish lifestyle i think he's afraid to to give up and also he says i i, I don't want to be in the pub every day you know that's not not for me um he, he's had uh, his millionaire friends have gone abroad and they're they're, they're, they're you know the, the drinking gets earlier and and more you know it's it's if you've worked very very hard which i don't think i have in in some aspects parts of my work were certainly the selling was working hard some people can't stop they're either bored or they're you know and then they're down the pub or you know they just don't know what to do with themselves so they have to get back to it and that that's where that's where i think you've got it right frank in as much that you got your time for sport you got a lot of interest you're sailing you like to cycle you like to go away i think that's the key to retiring but the other problem is governments do tend to um, change the goalposts um, and if you're trying to work out your finances again uh, i knew people that retired had a nice lump in the bank and were living off the interest rate well you know what happened to that <laughs> didn't work so well it's 0.1 percent no, that's right <laughs> and and unfortunately then you cut into your you cut into that amount and then it starts getting a bit desperate because mm. how are you going to get work you know if you're 60 uh, 65 70 whatever you know you've got to start thinking about well have i got to go back to work you know it's that's that's quite frightening um, so yeah, that's the difficulty. And, and but again, who wants to be the richest man in the graveyard? You know, it's 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 a case of getting that balance right. Thinking I've got enough. If I don't do anything stupid, then I should be okay. You know, um, I, I can't see a problem. Everybody must work out how much they spend a week, a month, a year. Uh, I'm going to live within that. I'm getting me pension. You know, I've, I've not had the national pension yet. Um, I've got a small work pension, but these are all figures you've got to work out. You've, you've got to work out. Um, going to work costs more, really, um, than, than being at home not doing it. But you've still got to have enough money. You know, you cut out a lot of your fuel, fuel costs and car costs, depending on, you know, if you're going to keep a car. Or I don't have a car. I don't like driving. <laughs> I sound stupid. but Well, after you saw my driving this morning, I, I can understand that I've been driving Dad's girlfriend's car around uh, Burgas this morning. And, yeah, I think that's put you off travelling in a car for a while, isn't it? <laughs> But yeah, I, it's um, I can't I, I don't like giving uh, advice. I, I can only say what worked for me. But you've really got to do your homework if you're thinking of retiring. It is a little bit scary because the government can just have a new rule. You know, at the moment there's triple lock on the pensions, but but that could change. Then all of a sudden your pension starts reducing. And also I think you have got to cut your costs down in some ways. You know, you might not want to then. Well, work longer then. You know, if you're not willing to cut your costs down. In a regular month, what do you spend? Am I right to say about investments? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've got money invested with Frank, so that, that's a good um, interest rate. That and my local government pension, which is not a, a, a lot because, like I say, I wasn't full-time uh, in that 22 years. 
um, nowhere near full time. So I'm bringing it's it's about a thousand pounds a month now. Now you you know some of you are going to go what you live on a thousand pounds a month. Well, I've got yeah, yeah, but that's before you save anything. So what do you actually spend? <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, I've got no mortgage here, and the cost of living here, my rates for a year, house rates, are 25 quid. 25 pound a year? A year, yeah. For a three-bedroom detached house? Yeah, yeah. Sure. And, and the reasons for that is that you just don't get, well, <laughs> you, you don't have social services, basically, because <laughs> <laughs> that's what costs the money. Um, you know, those kids in care, what they cost, the, the, the uh, rate payers is, is incredible. It's eye-watering. And there's so many kids in care. So you don't get the services here. Um, yeah, you get bins uh, 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 emptied. Uh, there's communal dustbins on the streets. There's speed cameras. I think I went through one of those this morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the police, I find them really good here. Unbelievable. They don't have the crime here. It's a fraction of what you have in Britain. So you're living on, what would you say, 800, 900 a month? What do you think it costs you to live here? <laughs> the thing is, I eat out a lot here because it's cheap and very good. Well, you saw today, didn't you, how much mm. I paid? Five of us eating out in a fish restaurant. What was it? Uh, less than 35 quid with drinks. You know, it's... <laughs> Waterfront restaurant, this was in the sea. <laughs> Um, I think I'm making a, a profit each each uh, month on that thousand um, pounds. If I if I'm I'm certainly not eating into my capital, so it must I must be around about living on a thousand. But that's going out drinking beer and uh, eating out a lot. You're in West Wales. You you retired. What was it that sparked you to want to move to Bulgaria? Because Am I right in saying you'd, you'd find that a lot harder to live on less than a grand in England? Oh, yeah. Impossible. Impossible. So you've come over here. I get the weather. I get the cost of living. Is that, I was looking at that meal today. So there was beers. There was me, the boys, dad, his partner. So five of us, three adults all drinking. Beautiful seafood. I reckon that would have been, depending on where you were, probably between 75 and 100 quid in, in the UK. So it's a, between half and a third. Um, so I get the cost of living. I get the weather is beautiful, you know, 24 degrees in the middle of October. But what was it? You'd been to Bulgaria skiing. You'd seen a ski resort. What was it that sparked that desire? Well, I was in Belper, wasn't I, with you, in, near you? In Derbyshire, yeah. Again, it's it's what suits you and it was lovely being near to you and the kids and that brexit really disappointed me um and i think i can be confident that it wasn't a good thing for the country now after all that's gone on so i regularly will um state that i'm completely apolitical i've never i think i voted once when i was about 18 for the novelty but i haven't voted since my dad's the opposite my dad's quite political <laughs> Yeah, I just couldn't, I I just knew the shenanigans, okay, yeah, no, people might not agree with me, that's that's fine, we've got our opinions, but I wanted to be part of Europe, um, I, I wanted that uh, unlimited travel, I liked it, um, I, I liked the fact that it was easy to go to places, and the, the, the difference with this country, they love being part of the EU, they absolutely love it, they're not all that keen on going into the Euro uh, having euros here because they think they're very very worried about prices going up because the pensions aren't great here or the wages aren't aren't great you know that's why things are uh, much cheaper than the uk 
But uh, no, I wanted to be part of Europe. Um, I think the uh, people were sold uh, misinformation, they were lied to, um, and I think there was a lot of sh- uh, illegal shenanigans, but that, that's my opinion. But the, the, the crux of it was, I wanted to be in Europe. Well, why, why wouldn't I? You know, um, most countries are proud to be part of Europe. But we've had uh, we've had so much propaganda, and I'm not going to go on about it because uh, Frank's fed up with listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Bulgaria was part of the EU. I thought about Portugal. It was a lot more expensive property there. Uh, like Frank's just described, I got a big three-bedroom house in a village with a nice garden, and I think at the time it was forty-eight thousand euros, which was uh, so about forty thousand sterling, just yeah, over yeah. forty-two, and that's four and a half years ago. Yeah, yeah. What would you say that house would cost now? Because that's a good uh, benchmark for people. Well, um, I think people are, the younger people that are making money, because obviously it's capitalists here now, not communists, um, I think they're moving out to the villages now mm. for the children. So I, I reckon that's gone up, I don't know, 70,000, 80,000 now. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not even bothered, you know, because it's, it wasn't an investment, it was somewhere to mm. live. And that's the thing, guys. I, the reason I wanted my dad on is because I have spoken to clients and prospective clients who are not able to live on 10 grand a month. You know, mum, dad, two kids. So family unit of four bringing in seven, eight, nine, ten grand a month and still in their overdraft. One of the most common questions I ask when I'm starting to work with a new client is, so if the deal of the century came along tomorrow, in the next 30 days, how much money could you put your, your hands on without borrowing? And the number of people that can't get together 5K is unbelievable. How can you earn 10 grand a month and not be able to get your hands on five grand for the deal of the century? And it's not because I'm trying to pass them a deal. It's because I want to know what their net worth is, you know, how liquid they are. And f- those people have never even considered the fact that they could go and live on less than a grand a month and it's not for everyone it's quite an extreme lifestyle and that's why i've brought my dad on i think he's extremely happy i think he's extremely frugal extremely (laughs) drunk (laughs) he does like a beer um um do you know what i'd never thought of dad his mum uh my mum's uh was an international gymnast you're now dating a world champion weightlifter (laughs) i'd never realized that before but yeah he's extreme in his choice of girlfriends they're all international athletes it would seem well because i am you you are yeah that's true i'd forgotten you're an international tug of war uh puller you pulled for wales dad that's what my uh, mates used to laugh about at school when we were out dating the reason i got my dad on is is just to challenge your beliefs challenge you know what could you reduce your expenditure by i think a lot of us have done this in lockdown but how many of us have actually followed through on it or how many of us are now slipping back into that rat race? But if you think about and, and that limited thinking and the, the status quo, it t- it's hard, very, very hard and very, very unusual to do what my mum and dad did when they were in their late 20s, pay off their mortgage, move to a very rural cheap part of the uk and you can still do this today west wales ironically has gone through the roof but there are places in northern england there's places in scotland where you can live you can buy you know mortgage free buy a cash property for absolute peanuts that takes a certain level of out of the box thinking you contrarian thinking and it's the same when 
my dad came to Bulgaria. And so what I hope I've done in this, or we've done in this podcast, guys, is just to challenge you on that, to challenge you on, you know, if you look at your bank statement on a, on a regular month, how much of that is frivolous spending that ironically you tell yourself you deserve but it traps you in the rat race i bet my dad spends less on food than most people listen to this spend on starbucks in a given month well that's that's fine if it's a choice but how many of us listening how many of you guys listening are nervous about interest rates going up now i'll put my hand up if interest rates hit 15 percent again i'm in a lot of trouble I've stress tested my portfolio with the amount of borrowing I've got above 10%, it starts to really, really hurt. How many though are are listening to this now worried about it hitting 5%, worried about it hitting 6%, but you think about my dad, it's just better for him. If interest rates go up to 20%, he'd be laughing because he hasn't got any debt and he's all of his money would then just be earning more money in the in the bank. We were chatting to um, a friend of my dad's yesterday. She's from South Africa. In her lifetime, they've had 29% inflation. And I was trying to explain to my, my kids, that means that a loaf of bread that costs 100 rand or however many rand that would be in South African uh, currency, in three years time that's doubled in value that's now 200 rand and that concept of things going up that quickly and then i said yeah but we're at 10 percent at the moment we're not a million miles away so guys i hope in this podcast we've challenged your your thinking uh, let us know if you want me to do a uh, an in-depth youtube interview of my dad but hopefully that's uh, given you an alternative perspective dad thanks for joining us thanks for uh, having us out here in bulgaria yeah you're, you're okay mate yeah thank you guys until next time happy investing sophisticated property investing a podcast brought to you by ethical property partners the experts in sophisticated property investment